When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast number twenty. Here we go. What up? We'll do a quick one. This is a this is twenty, man. We finally made. We it. We did it. I read a comment that said that it was the only. It was one comment, but it said that new listeners had a hard time jumping in, or a new listener had a hard time. So make sure to take lots of time to describe every topic we talk about in a way that is accessible. Okay. Really? Because I mean, we just refer back. We just. I assume. think I think we're like you know. Last week, I also found that I. I don't. This is terrible. I have a thought, and I think it fully in my brain, and I stop speaking it halfway through. So I watch back some of our podcasts, and I'm mid-giving an example of what I'm talking about, and then I'm on to the next thought. Nice. It is embarrassing. I'm nice. going to do an anti-charisma breakdown on myself. It's all right. Yeah. I saw one comment that said, apparently, I talk over you, so I'm going to work <laughs> on that I, this week. I thought I talked over you. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I saw the comment. I was like, are we sure that you know which one is Ben? I am going to go with the objective third party on this one. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> so I wanted to connect it back to last week. And for all those who are new, who may be new, the context was we were talking about what a man is. Yep. And we were talking about how all the things that a man in our society is encouraged to be, which is in some cases selfless, financially providing, protects the people around him, are not all of them, but many of them are to encourage him to behave in pro-social ways that are good for society, but not necessarily best for him. Like Mm -hmm. being the one who takes the baseball bat downstairs when there's an intruder who comes in. Not best for him. That's what works well for people at large. Yep. You know, join the army, fight for the country, all this kind of stuff. And I watched an interview that I thought was fascinating. So Daniel Cormier Mm. just lost to Stipe Miocic. Yep had a he's a ufc fighter the ufc fighter here we go very good (laughs) had a plan to go speak at texas a&m two days later not only that did he just have this devastating loss but his father who has since died was on death's door was Mm -hmm. was and apparently died within weeks of this thing and they did not know when he would go and he went to Texas A&M to give the speech. And Ariel Hawani, who was interviewing him, asked him, why did you do this so soon after the defeat and with all this going yeah. on? And he said, uh, boys do what they want. Men do what they're supposed to. And that, he said he really liked that. That was a quote that the Texas A&M football coach said to his players. And my head exploded in mm. that moment. Because I'm really I'm glad it didn't turn out this way, but Daniel was able to get back, spend some time with his dad before he, he had died. But God forbid, mm. what if his father had had died while he was doing what he was supposed to do? And worse, Texas A&M football coach, who is probably the highest paid person at Texas A&M, is telling a bunch of unpaid athletes who are risking life and limb in order to make him and his college money that men do what they're supposed to. Meanwhile, I bet you he comes back and negotiates for whatever best salary he could possibly make and would drop Texas A&M in a heartbeat if the Longhorns called him up and said, we want to pay you more money to come here. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like, this is what a quintessential way to control people. Men do what they're supposed to. And then they all pat each other on the back, run out there and get concussions for the glory of Texas A&M. Yeah. I was just like, and Daniel Cormier is out there, you know, responding to it. It, Yeah, yeah. And and luckily, but potentially missing out on spending his last moments with his father, which would have haunted him forever. Yeah. If he had passed away while he was at Texas A&M. I just, after that, I was like, this is it. Yes, I don't know what else to say other than we use the term, you're a boy, you're a man, in order to control people. Sure. And Well, supposed to do is funny, too, because according to 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 whom? (laughs) Your coach. Your coach tells you what you're supposed to do. So that was just such a clear 
from and and then I thought about more. It's like the coach of Texas A&M. He's getting paid so much money to be there. All of his players are literal volunteers yeah. who are there. Almost none of whom will ever get a sniff at the NFL. Sure, this is the this is it for them. What about the glory though? To make the NCAA a ton of money. It's it's you do what you're supposed to do. A mm-hmm. good man does what he's supposed to do. So. Which is get me wins, boys. And get yeah, me wins. to wrap up our thought from last week, whenever someone tells you this is what a man does or even this is what a woman does, just be aware that they are, are very trying likely to trying you. to control you. Sure. <laughs> exactly. I actually see that a lot in dating. People, Meaning, when someone, if there's a guy who a woman likes and they're hooking up, but the guy doesn't want to date her exclusively, mm-hmm. there'll be labels like you're immature yeah. in an attempt to kind of... Like, maybe if I just needle you enough, yeah. you'll do what I want you to do. I want a real man. Yeah, yeah. What is a real man? Who can man? commit. Who, yeah. I don't want someone immature yeah. who's going to also date other people. Yeah. No, and the idea behind that being, listen, it's fine to want someone who commits. It's fine sure. to someone who doesn't date other people. But the how does that well, have just, any bearing you on just his say, You manhood. just get to use a pejorative term and exactly. then hopefully they feel badly enough to do what you want them to do. Exactly. And, I, and I'm sure it goes both ways. If, if we were oh, yeah, women, I'm sure. sure we'd have plenty of examples of people putting us in this box. This is what a woman should do. This is what a woman should do. Again, just, just a, a mechanism of control. So don't buy it. You could be whatever you want to be. <laughs> uh, the next thing that I had written down here. So I was watching a documentary on Steve Jobs. Okay. And it was in the movie, too, but I didn't really pick up on it. The Steve Jobs movie with Michael Fassbender. Did you ever see that? No. So I didn't know this. Uh, he's got a reputation for being a very difficult boss, but he also denied that he ever had a daughter for a long time. Not always, but for the first seven years of her life, he, he had a high school sweetheart. He had a daughter with her. Mm-hmm. He denied that it was his for seven years, was like barely involved in her life. Then she came and lived with him for a period of time. At one point, it made headlines because he would not pay child support for her. And when the headline you know, came out, they interviewed him and they said, why won't you pay? He said, I had my guys do an algorithmic test on the DNA test that they administered to me. And 28% of America could be her father. Like It was, <laughs> like, was just... Uh, and could be in turns fatherly. And then depending on how things were going at work, by her own account disown her emotionally and, and verbally weird and uh i also and i know this one is nobody's gonna like it but i was looking up other great men with with other sides to them martin luther king jr cheated on his wife all the time mm-hmm. and i want to say all the time but but friends and people close to him the fbi says 40 plus but even friends close to him say with 10 to 12 other women uh, and they tapped his phones. And so they have all of this. This won't be unsealed for everybody to see until like 2029. But the record is fairly clear, at least amongst people around him, that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, JFK. Oh, who, yeah. Who, who, <laughs> Dude, that one's – I don't think anyone debates that one. JFK. Well, it's just incredible. You know, Bill Clinton did what he did, and I'm not, I'm not defending it. But JFK is one of those revered presidents. Oh, yeah. JFK is just lucky that he grew up in a different era than Bill Clinton. Who cheated on his wife three times a day, sometimes with underage women. Yeah. And No, JFK did. He, he's good for him that he wasn't around when cell phones were around. So, or, and also when the culture hadn't gotten there. Because I just don't think people cared yeah. that this was happening in no, some No, people way. knew. Marilyn Monroe sang him a song. Yeah. So, I don't. I didn't know what to make of it other than... What do you do? And and we talked about Michael Jackson, which may or may not be true, the allegations against him. But what do you do with these icons, these people who in one area of their life are incredible, in some ways heroic, yep. and in some other facet of their life have completely fallen down on the job yeah. morally? You throw the nuance away and you idolize them. <laughs> you, or demonize seems, them. Seems pretty obvious. <laughs> you chuck the Society nuance. Society has given us this answer. Black or white achieve enough <laughs> yeah and all of your sins are forgotten yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what the answer is i mean, probably just accept that all humans are nuanced and no one is pure good and no one is pure evil sure i think i think that's the right answer i also notice in my own life though that when i've admired people in my own life that i've aspired to be like them that it is tough to uh, emulate specific traits from one person sure. and not take the whole package oh it's almost impossible yeah it's almost impossible like, I love Tony Robbins. I learned yeah. a lot from Tony Robbins. His relationship advice at times, yeah. I think, is questionable. And I just took all of it. And it led me down a not enjoyable relationship where I was trying so hard to just put his teachings into practice. Mm-hmm. And it was leading me to be miserable. Yeah. And and what you're going to get, for better or worse, is his 
uh, almost in some cases insistence on the positive outlook, which which can be good, might not be good. You're the one who sent me the clip where the husband and wife are talking and Mm -hmm. he says it's the husband's job Mm -hmm. to stand there and take any abuse. He literally says physical, verbal. (laughs) She's going to be mean to you. She might hit you. She might spit on you. And that's her way of showing you that she loves you. She's testing you. To which I said, if this is how this woman (laughs) shows love. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to find someone who doesn't show love by hitting me and emotionally sure. abusing me. Sure. And I'll but give, Tony's thing is I'll give forever. him the, a bit forever. of, well, not forever. It was, it was within the context of that intervention and, and for like no, 90 days after. That was his advice. For, and for the next 90 days that yeah. she was going to test him because he hadn't been there. And I, yeah, I felt similarity to you, which is like. Well, but when I, dude, I watched that when I was, I watched the exact same thing you sent me, funny enough, when I was about 24 and internalized all of it and. Yeah, could not be chased away by bad behavior sure. because of it. And I'll give context to this because that comment. So Tony Robbins does interventions at his event. This was a couple that had been fighting. The man, according to the woman, had not been emotionally present in the relationship. And now that he was ready to step back up, what Tony is telling him is she's not going to believe you. She's going to test you, which means that she's going to be cruel. She might swing at you on occasion. She's going she's gonna, to she's gonna spit venom at you. But that's all a test to make sure that you're real. Yeah. And I'm watching this at 24 thinking Tony is a god. Writing going, notes. Okay, great. <laughs> when someone treats you poorly, it's a test. Yeah. And a real man is strong enough yeah. to take it. Yeah. And you can just have infinite tolerance because you're a man. And mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I can do that. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I did Tony, it. The abuse keeps coming. <laughs> Things are going very well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm passing every test. My man. I have not dumped her yet. Yeah. Despite the abuse. Exactly. So I think that that, as relates to these men, not that you have to copy everything, but it's tough. It's tough to emulate parts of of a person and, and not get everything. Plus, when you're a moral leader in some ways, and then you don't, you fall down on other ways you have to ask okay well this system of morality clearly isn't working well people it's interesting people seem to struggle to follow people that are nuanced if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. by vert like if you consider yourself a trump supporter you struggle to say he also does a lot of things poorly Mm -hmm. and if you consider yourself a trump hater Mm -hmm. you struggle to go at the same time though Compared to Obama, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. I like one policy, you know? two policies. And yeah. being like, net, I prefer Obama. Net, mm-hmm. I prefer Trump. But mm-hmm. here's what they do well, and here's what they do poorly. Yeah. And weirdly enough, that's something a lot of people seem to struggle with. It's like once you throw your hat behind someone, no information will get you to switch. Mm-hmm. And no information will get you to admit they're bad in a certain area. And not for everyone, but I see it a lot. I see people coming to the defensive behavior I know they don't actually believe in. Because they've already gone on record supporting the person. Sure. And they struggle to go, I was wrong, or I still support the person, but this is bad. Yeah. And the I, we've talked about how your early relationships with your mom and your dad can define what you think of masculinity and femininity. But I also think, because I read a book that, that pointed in this direction, one of the tendencies of children is either to idolize or demonize their parents. And the room, the hardest thing to do is accept the humanity of your sure. parents, that the, the grayness of them and the fact that they are people just like the ones like you and the ones that you see yeah, yeah. who are regularly making mistakes but elevating themselves above that's what i times. struggle with the most actually yeah my friends i can do uh famous people these days i can do mm-hmm. my parents are still the ones that i struggle to have a nuanced yeah view of to imagine that you could have gone to high school and somebody did go to high school with them yeah <laughs> and they were like someone at that sure. school at one point and had had virtues and vices and mm-hmm. flaws and 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 what they say is that in in addressing your relationships to your family, you then learn to apply the same sort of nuance to people outside of your family. So the degree to which you'll be able to approach the world in this understanding that there's humans and it's gray, all this kind of stuff, is related to your ability to look at your own family and go, mom wasn't perfect, nor was she a devil. You know, dad wasn't perfect, nor was he a devil. These were people with both and I can hold that. That's as big as that is. I can't just put a label on them. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I'm actually at like an A level for mm-hmm. everybody but my <laughs> Like I'm like, yeah, Tony Robbins, I get it. MLK, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Trump, I get it. I actually feel like politically I'm much more willing to accept the nuance. But yeah, mom and dad <laughs> no. can do no wrong. Saints. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't a mistake. <laughs> It wasn't a mistake. That was a plan <laughs> no, that they had. <laughs> they didn't tell you or themselves about. <laughs> Idiot. Every, everything turned out perfect. <laughs> you fool. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I suspect, and I don't know, 
because I do agree with you. I, I see the same tendency in you, and I think that you are capable of going. These people are – they're both. They're everything. But, yeah, and I see the same tendency in you for towards idealization. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what will happen. Maybe you'll just get mega mind when you can <laughs> <laughs> just completely understand that's everyone. When I, that's when my body dissolves <laughs> and I just become consciousness. <laughs> exactly. You become universal consciousness after you get that. So next up, NASA – Oh, yeah. Wants to use Charisma University. Very cool. Very <laughs> exciting. Did you want me to email them, by the way? Yes. Because I sent you the answers. Yes. All right. Yes. So this is just a number of funny things about our business. So in order to focus, and I think this is incredibly important, on the stuff that we do best, I have had to take the onslaught of emails that I receive, and I have an autoresponder that says, look, I can't answer all the emails. If you have questions about this, send it to this assistant. This, send it to this assistant. So we're like directing emails but every now and then we get one you know if you have questions they can go here every now and then we get one that we don't have a bucket for and this one was from a government organization they wanted to purchase Curzon university and they have questions like is there sales tax because the government doesn't need to pay tax yeah is this hosted in a secure yeah, like all yeah, these yeah. things is that, this cloud-based or web-based uh, yeah like, Ooh. okay the thing is i put this together when i was 26 is the cloud not the web yeah <laughs> I don't know the difference. It's a cloud web. Yeah. yeah. So there was a bunch of questions like that. And interesting from one, because we just left them NASA hanging for two and a half weeks at this point. We're sorry. <laughs> but you know what? I am sorry, but this is part of getting important stuff done yeah. is letting these sorts of things. Unfortunately, I, I don't like that it's the case, but I can either answer every email promptly or make good videos mm -hmm. and, and, and grow the business. And, and I have to pick that one. But uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, because we've talked a lot about prestige, is that I saw that and my heart went a flutter for a minute. And I was like, wait, these are just people. Yeah, same as, <laughs> yeah, like 4,000 people have gone through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If NASA goes through it, it's 4,002, let's say. But they're actually no different as people, mm -hmm. but they are rocket scientists. And it wasn't all of NASA. It was this one person in the thing, and they were purchasing through the government, and I think probably would have shared it with some colleagues. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a training program for a division. Yes. Probably and, five people, maybe. Yeah, and I was... People get value out of this all the time. Sure. Well, I would like them to. I just have to keep in mind that they're not special. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're humans, and and I think the degree to which I can recognize and understand that will make me happier in my life. Yeah. But I still go, ooh. <laughs> like, well, NASA means... is a funny thing, because especially for when we were growing up, you grow yeah. up as a kid. NASA is just the coolest. incredible. You know, yeah. People would say they want to grow up to be astronauts, and it's one of the few jobs where other parents would be like, that's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. You you could be president before you could be an astronaut. Yeah. And also NASA was held in such high regard. Apollo 13 came out when we were yeah. kids. So I think I that's wonder, probably why. Do you why. think it still has the same regard for kids that are 13 today? I don't think so. I mean, one, Elon came in and really SpaceX. mixed things yeah. up. Yeah. And two, the government cut its funding at one point, right? They cut its funding at many points, I yeah. think. They don't, they don't have a ton of funding at all. Yeah. So I, I think the prestige of NASA in the minds of children has probably gone down. Yeah. Seems like that private SpaceX. Yeah, Elon came in and just went, hey, look what I can do. Jeff Bezos is doing it too. Yeah, interesting. This is just a vestige of our- I of went our... to space camp when I was a kid, dude. That's how That's how much I thought NASA was amazing. Really? <laughs> I spent a summer, I was probably seven years old or eight years old. No, maybe 12 years old. But I went away to Florida for like a week and did astronaut and stuff. Did, what is astronaut stuff? I don't even world? remember, but you, you get an astronaut thing and you're in bunks with a bunch of people. It was the first time I'd ever been away from home. Mm -hmm. And they do zero G stuff stuff i don't know how they simulate it because i was a like small it? child but yeah, i loved it i was pretty excited about yeah. it yeah i see i couldn't one sleeping out when you're doing I was... simulations you're they're telling you this is how piloting a moon drone works and you're playing this video game you're sitting in a huge equipment that you couldn't possibly have at yeah. home you but know? even you were in florida like i couldn't have a sleepover till i was like 16 I really had, yeah because <laughs> of, of you or because of your parents because of me <laughs> really i like tried to like call them up three and be like i need to come home like <laughs> you just got anxious <laughs> yeah I really like i was a big baby interesting i couldn't do that it also reminded me that i had a science christmas once my parents decided oh yeah long story short my parents decided that video games weren't good for me so i was gonna get have a science christmas and they bought me a bunch of beakers and i got an ant farm and all these things and every present that i opened my heart just broke a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't i had to be tough so i didn't show them so Two days, three days go by, and like I haven't opened my beakers, and I'm just broken. I think Santa hates me. Yeah. Like, this is some cruel trick. And then on the third night, my mom came in to put me to bed. She's like, "What's wrong, Char?" 
I just broke down. I was like, Santa got me an ant farm. <laughs> <laughs> and then two days later, I had a Super Nintendo. Nice. So. <laughs> so what did we learn as a child? Santa just doesn't, no. he needs to be communicated with. Cry <laughs> when you're unhappy and you'll get what you want. I got out of CCD that way too. Did you really? Yeah, man. I ended religion in my family when I was seven. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How did you do that? I just screamed and cried when it was time to go to CCD. CCD, you know what CCD yeah, is. Yeah. It's where you go in the evenings to, I guess, do Bible study or sure. whatever. And I was not having it. And that was the end of CCD. Wow. I put up a big stink. You ended religion in the Altman family. Did you know that? No. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? So I grew up Jewish, went to Sunday school or whatever it's called, got bar mitzvahed. I believed in the teachings of Judaism until I was about 19. And then you had studied philosophy for a year. It was mm. the summer between freshman and junior year, I think, or maybe Christmas of freshman year. And we were talking about whether or not God exists. And I was like, yeah, obviously he exists. And then we talked, we went back and forth and you were a philosophy major and I had been going, learning from a rabbi, right? You just yeah. outmaneuvered, you just crushed me in terms <laughs> of arguments. Like you had heard my counter arguments. No one had ever told me there wasn't a God. Mm -hmm. So it was like a baby fighting an adult. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so I get totally dismantled. I'm kind of like, whoa. But I, I was open-minded enough to go, okay, I guess I'm agnostic now because I don't know the arguments to counter mm -hmm. your arguments. So then when my family wanted to go to synagogue for the high holidays, which is like the most important Jewish holidays, I said I didn't want to go <laughs> because I wasn't sure if I believed in it anymore. And they all went, Oh, cool. We're all agnostic. You were, you were the last. The only reason all of us were going was to keep up the charade this for was, you. This was your 19-year-old Santa. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, listen, we literally told Steph she just had to go the because if you, skipped yeah. it, if you skipped it, then Ben will think something's weird and he'll maybe rethink his religion. So yeah, as soon as I was like, I'm not sure if I believe in this, they were like, cool. None of us have for a while. It's funny that there's that... And, and I'm so, not. Yeah, you ruined. You I was, ruined synagogue. I was way more militant audience. back then. I don't. I don't care. I don't think I've even tried. Well, that's not only on rare occasion. I'll, I'll for the sake of debate argue these, but I don't. I don't care. I swing back. I still believe there's no atheists in foxholes. Things Me, get. Things I hundred percent agree. I start to pray. Oh yeah, that's why I say agnostic and not atheist. Because no, as much as my front brain can argue stuff. Yeah. When shit hits the fan, I'm in bed like. God, please. God, I know you're out there. That was all just a joke. I'm sorry for I'm sorry for saying I was agnostic. And I I wasn't sure how I'd handle it until ayahuasca, and then I'm positive that I completely was just like I'll do anything. Yeah. I'll pray to whoever. Yeah. No atheists in foxholes, man. Yeah. So and and I don't even at least the psychedelic foxhole certainly there I was not an atheist yeah. in that moment. And so yeah, I'm I'm way less militant about it because. It's just a big hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I get it. I get the desire to be helped when you are helpless. Sure. And when you're on psychedelics, there's also a sense that, like, what do I know? Yeah, like, yeah. I could be dead wrong. All of those logical arguments don't seem no, to really kinda, feel, hold weight here. Could this be a simulation? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Could there be a God? Sure. Absolutely. Outside the, yeah. Could this be the natural reality prime and it was created by science? Mm -hmm. Sure. So, Are these mutually exclusive? I don't even know. Yeah. We've just gone above and beyond my yeah. human brain at this with point. With regards to religion, the, where I do feel comfortable being an atheist is with the specific dogmatic, claims dogmatic made. book-related religion. What you would define as a Catholic, which has very—you have to believe that the Eucharist is the body of Christ, right? There's specific things that sign you up to be in any of these particular religions. Sure. And when you lay them out like that, I feel very comfortable being an atheist with regard to those particular set of— Certain specific documents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you, you were, think these sentences are true, if you think I'll, the, I'll argue the counter. That Poseidon is ruler of the seas yeah. or the— I, Dude, <laughs> I always talk to Poseidon when I'm surfing. I always talk to Poseidon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I feel very comfortable being an atheist. But with the sense of, do you have complete grasp of, it, are are we in a dead materialistic universe that had nothing beyond it? I think, I, yeah, I, I go agnostic yeah, on yeah. that question. Uh, so, and that's why I don't. I only argue with people that have concrete beliefs. And the other thing, this is that we've talked about this in our lives, but it's worth bringing up on the podcast. You've dated very religious people mm -hmm. in the past i've dated people who say they're very religious the interesting thing about what people believe and how they behave 
is that they behave like they don't believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our behaviors line up identically, despite the fact that, well, except for they go to church on yes. Sundays. And I think Jordan Peterson, I didn't understand what he was arguing when he was arguing for God, but he said, look, if you ask me what I say, I believe, okay, I could say anything, but look at my behaviors and that's going to give you a much more clear indication of what I believe. Mm -hmm. And so you dated someone who insisted that they were a Catholic and then they had premarital sex with you. Yep over and over and over again for years <laughs> and then you go wait a second according to the thing that you sign up for you are going to suffer in hellfire for eternity in order to get your jollies mm -hmm. so i wonder if you really believe what you say you believe yeah, or yeah. if that's just a convenient label to slap on yourself so I, I do think that referring to people's actions is a much stronger way to determine their beliefs sure so and that's i've noticed that about people that have uh, at least in in our world, who have who have claimed religiosity, did you re you've never read the Bible? God or they have, or they have, and they just do the opposite. Sure. Or they do. That's the thing. I I was I guess you either believe this, in which case this is totally not worth going to hell for eternity for, mm -hmm. or you don't believe it. That's the thing. Yeah. So for me, if I believed it, I would not have premarital sex. I can I can be celibate no, if I was your risking an eternity <laughs> of hellfire. You know. Yeah. Or just say I don't think that people go to hell for that. But then you have to say that the book isn't a hundred percent doctrine. At which point, how do we know what is doctrine? Yes. And then you go, okay, so now you're the cafeteria version of I like this, I sure. don't like this, and then you go, well, which how is fine. For your own life. I actually mm -hmm. have no problem with that. Sure. You're totally fine for your own life, but you do lose the ability to tell other people that they should live a certain way because you're making all of the decisions based on how you feel, not yes. based on this thing, this yeah. sacred thing. Yeah. So I think it's fine. You want to be a cafeteria Christian or a cafeteria Jew and just pick the things that work with you? God bless. Sure. But you can't tell other people to live by your cafeteria values. Yeah. That the, the, the most you tell them to live by their cafeteria values. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is you, listen, you read this big long book, you pick the seven passages that you like. Yeah. And ignore then the ones that ignore, are inconvenient Ignore to the you. ones that, that yeah. don't feel right. And we'll leave it at that. So I, I did, I don't think that it's right and I don't support it, but there is a degree of, I, I have to respect the commitment to, to those sects of every religion who read the whole book and try their best, even in 2019, to apply sure. the book as it's written. They're internally I go, consistent at the expense of convenience, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, okay, at least at least you believe it, because certainly if I believed it, man, that would be the book I read every day. I read a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. I would just only read that one, because what is this 70, 80, 90 years if I'm lucky? Oh, I'd be trying so hard not to screw up. <laughs> yeah. I'd be trying so hard. I have a huge list of rules. Okay, what can yeah. I eat when? Yeah. No shellfish on what days? Yeah. Like, oh, no, you'd have your calendar. It'd be, it'd be, a, oh, it'd yeah. be a work of art. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not eternity. You know how long yeah. that is to be in hell. Well, the other thing, the cool thing is that there's, I don't know if this is in the doctrine, but there's that Lent period. And then at least in Christianity, Jesus dies and is resurrected three days later. And in many societies, there's three days where anything goes yeah. because nobody's watching. Yeah. And so if you were that type of those would be an book intense three religious, days. those would be a nuts three days. Yeah, that'd be a, that's your burning man right there. It'd be like the purge. Yeah. <laughs> You'd just be going around. I don't see who did that. <laughs> no. I would like to be, and I think Judaism might have a day like it too, but I would like to be in one of those religions where ultimately all your sins are washed away if you just ask for forgiveness. Isn't it Judaism? I think it's Judaism and Catholicism, right? Well, Catholicism, if you confess yeah. and do the the priest gives you the rosary or whatever it is that you say this many Hail Marys. Can I you think... only confess on certain days? No, I'm pretty sure you can Any go day. in and can confess. So you, if you screw up, you're just booking it to the church and praying yeah. you don't get in an accident You're, you're just way. hoping for a not accidental anything hanging over my head. But also then, and this was historically, you could just buy an indulgence for a family member. And oh, really? Yeah, you could buy them out of purgatory. That's sick. It's convenient. Yeah, that's dope. Have you seen St. Peter's Basilica? It's really nice. <laughs> like, it's it makes a, sense. It's a lot of people that didn't have to go hang out in purgatory right yeah. there. So this is slightly related to religion. The book that I'm reading, which is The Righteous Mind, I think it's called, Jonathan mm -hmm. Haidt. We've talked about it in the past, but a couple just little factoids that caught my eye. This one related to religion is that there was a guy who did a study of suicide attacks over the last hundred years. And of course, those have taken different forms. They've been bombs. They've been all different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And what he found is that those attacks are often more closely related with nationalism than with religiosity. Okay. Which means that the way to, if you were just looking at a system, produce a suicide bomber 
is to put boots on the ground of a foreign entity into someone else's country. It is a response to the homeland being invaded. Mm. And it is not a response to drone strikes. It, it's, it's not a response to, like, technological. It's a response to— How do they know that? Well, I think he, and again, he's just he's just looking at all of the, okay, there were 30 things here, there were 15 things here, there were the, what are the common factors that are underlying all of these? Got it. And so certainly there are cases where drone stri- people who have been drone struck um, have gone on to do some sort of suicide attack. I'm, well, probably that's the case. But what he's saying is that the stronger correlation is with a nationalism thing that is happening. And then he gives a couple of examples that I can't remember from completely com- atheistic communities that respond to to foreign invaders with this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's he says it has more to do with a a sense of defilement of the homeland mm-hmm. like like these these invaders are in and then, and that's the response. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know if you have any inter- reaction to that. It may or yeah. may not. You have to check the primary source. Well, the only thing, so this is, it's not related to that data, but I do remember watching Rogue One, the Star Wars movie, mm. and <laughs> really thinking that America wouldn't be the good guys, <laughs> which was really weird for me because I am in our culture. I grew up, I thought America was the good guys and we're policing the bad guys of the world, yeah. you know, a black and white world that a child lives in. And I was watching this movie about these people who are interfering in other governments and have the massive military advantage against this small team of victims to this empire who are using suicide bombing to try to disrupt the defense of the big guy for an instant to give their other teammates a chance. Yeah. And I went, ooh, this is hard to watch as an American. <laughs> yeah, which one are we? Are we the we're technologically de- advanced? We're definitely the evil empire in this. And I was watching, you couldn't make a movie that was more propaganda e in the name of overthrowing america than that movie if you try. yeah it's strange because they, they they go on a suicide mission yeah to stop the evil empire just to weaken our defenses just yeah. to open up a hole for someone else yeah to then go and do more damage against and the, it's the romanticized empire. and and i was wondering it's like if i had yeah. to make a movie that was to teach people to try to overthrow the u.s it'd look exactly like this yeah and i'm sitting in a u.s movie theater watching it with a bunch of americans going yeah. when they blow up the empire shield yeah and i just went do you guys know which one we are <laughs> why are we wooing <laughs> it's interesting that there's always because I, I just started some video game this this big dark empire is such a trope sure in all of these movies it's literally in this game that i'm playing and i was like how do they get all this technology how do they how do they what's going on here are these like perfectly powerful guys that and just ragtag band of rebels got to come in and do the one thing that they can there's something well uh, the bigger lesson for me is the empire thinks they're the good guys yeah of course the mongols thought they were the good guys everybody thinks they're the good guys yes on all sides of war Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't mean that the empire can't be the good guy right it does it who knows you would have to no, check. no having the military advantage doesn't make you the yeah, bad guy sure it it i would I think the truth is there are in most cases no bad guys just people with different opinions yeah i think that's tough and because then you want to have some yardstick by which to and we've talked about moral relativity yeah by which to measure things and well everybody i think goes, i think it really depends on when you start measuring for a lot of these wars yeah i think if you go well, we did this because of this. Let's look at World War II from 1939 to 1945. Who's the bad guy? You go, yeah. Germany. Okay, well, let's look at World War II from 1920 to 1935. It's like, we put pretty draconian measures. Yeah, still Germany because yeah. I'm Jewish, but go on. <laughs> you, but you get the idea no, meaning, no, because you. they weren't doing it up until yeah, up yeah. until 39. We were putting these draconian measures on their economy. Who's the bad guy for those 15 years? Yeah. Uh, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, on a long enough timeline. And then line, you go, why were those happening? Because of World War One. Yeah, so yeah. You go back to World War One. <laughs> yeah. But what caused World War One? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, I think a lot of times when you measure from, will determine who you think is the protagonist. Sure, that's that's an interesting thought. And I and I guess the goal is to I think take as far out of a view as you possibly can. Well, and if maybe- you do a lot of time, not all the time. There are horrible things happening in the world mm-hmm. that are just evil uh in a lot of cases the majority i'd say if you zoom out far enough you realize there aren't necessarily any bad guys there's just people acting self-interested self-interested and then reactions from other people acting self-interested and ignorance and then they and then they escalate i actually yeah and and i think this is one of the scary things is that you can evil 
fades when you zoom out mm-hmm. and you get that far. And that's a scary thing because when you're zoomed in and you see someone who harms a child or who does something terrible, you want there to be evil to explain that. What's scarier is to zoom out and see the abuse that occurred in that person's life. Well, we could go. So, yeah, we I mean, this is we'll, we'll take it more personal, less political, mm-hmm. less less oh, yeah, philosophical. Sure. So there's there's these personal development things that you and I like to go to landmark choice center, whatever it is. I heard a story of a woman who went to one. She was molested as a child, and they said, you have to forgive this person if you want to move on. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm absolutely not. This is an evil, evil person. And then throughout the course of the program, I don't know how. She, it's very impressive to me. Got to the point where she could forgive this person, went and actually confronted them and talked to them and said, I don't want to have any relationship with yeah. you, but I do forgive you. And through the course of this, it turns out, yeah, that person was horribly abused. Yep. And their abuse is not forgivable, but it comes from a mental illness that they received because when they were six, yep. they were abused. And that doesn't make their actions good. It doesn't. Their actions mm-hmm. are still bad. But you also do understand that it comes from a place of mental illness that was inflicted on them by abuse. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just interesting because in some cases people are evil, but in some cases you just don't understand that there's their story yeah i think almost the only possible break to that that i can think of and i think that's true of of all cases because even if you go okay he's not mentally ill you're going to find a life circumstance that created that Mm because we are all we all come out of our life circumstances the one thing that is strange is when you hear about psychopathy when you hear about because because this kind of breaks the model so you hear of these jeffrey dahmers who well, but that's what i'm saying is they're not they can't help it either oh well they, i think i don't even think evil evil might be the appropriate word but it's like this is almost like a death robot like this was a, a seven-year-old kid who was burning and skinning animals that's what it's like no ted bundy's movie ted, what Pen, ted bundy did is awful 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 mm-hmm. i almost want to use the term inexcusable but i'm not sure if that well, is hypocritical I, I think, what i'm think, about to say which is he also it wasn't it wasn't controllable, I don't think, for mm-hmm. him because it spun out of control. He just wanted to, I think, have a life, but couldn't stop it, and it just spiraled out of control. And that's and his victims deserve to hate him if they want to, and it's inexcusable what he did. But if you were born with his brain, you would have done it too. That's, well, that's the interesting part. If well, you were born with his brain in your body, you would have been a passenger as your body did those murders too. I think this is why I don't believe in free will, because you could just sub out Ted Bundy's brain for my brain or your sure. brain or anybody's. You're... No, I told you. To the other people, yeah. to other people, I apply the lack of free will. I, got, I told you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll make it short. I got held up at gunpoint by a 15-year-old in Brazil. Mm-hmm. I don't hate the kid for it. Mm-hmm. He was born into poverty. He saw me. He saw spoiled, wealthy uh, tourists or whatever, and this is how he survives. And if we were switched and I was a 15-year-old born into a favela, and this was how everyone around me told me I had to survive, I would choose to survive too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't starve to death. And yeah, so I don't hate the person for it. I, I don't think he had a choice. I just apply free will to myself because even if it's fake, it's an empowering belief that allows me to be successful and Got happy. It. Got it. Okay. But yeah, but with other people you go, yeah, and put my brain there, put his brain there. Well, like, if I had his, don't even swap our bodies. If you just took me as an infant, yeah, put yeah. me in a favela in Brazil, but convince them for some reason to ignore my skin Even color, with your genetics, you would you probably do the, same still do the same thing. I'm 15. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a straight A student getting yeah. ready to go to a good college. Yeah. That'd be remarkable. Yeah. This is how they tell you to survive. This is the people you admire, your family, your friends. This is what they're doing. Not to say that some people can't get out, but. I don't think that I'm such a remarkable hero that I wouldn't be doing exactly what everybody does to survive in that instance. And then this is the other thing, and this is kind of why I like Eastern stuff, because it does have an answer for a lot of this. You're even talking about that I'm such a remarkable hero. It breaks down identity. It goes this concept of you as this self-determining center of an otherwise uh, causal universe is just madness. You're just a piece of a machine that is all moving, and you happen to have a radar antenna on this one piece, so you're conscious of the precision of its movements. No, but truly, I had no malice to that kid. Mm -hmm. I had more malice when some drunk, middle-class white guy broke my nose in a parking lot (laughs) because he wasn't born in a favela. You know what I mean? But, and this is the tough thing. His dad probably abused him or something. Yeah, when you you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, It's just easier for me to empathize with the favela kid, with the the 15-year-old born into poverty i'm like i get it and i'm sure that the guy whose first reaction to getting drunk (laughs) is to sucker punch someone probably had an abusive dad or something going on in his life that made him that way but it's harder for me not to be like 
Well, it's no fun. It's you. no fun to give up righteous anger. I, <laughs> I love righteous anger. You know, it's a great drug. I it's my favorite. So anyway, righteous anger, tough to give up. The last thing that that made me think of that I wanted to come back to was I think it's interesting. I've I've had a reversal on forgiveness. And I think it's interesting that they say you have to forgive because my I, I felt that way at one point, but my new stance is not. It's very much that forgiveness either happens or it doesn't, mm. and you want to lay the groundwork to allow forgiveness to happen. And it's kind of like you can't make enlightenment happen; you can just sit still for long enough. But I think when you try to force forgiveness, you can you can mess it up. We talked about this on the podcast, so this is already out there in the world. But you had something happen to you as a kid, yeah. Have you forgiven that person? Where do you stand emotionally and mentally? I haven't, I haven't spoken to them. I mean, for the background, yeah, we talked about it. I was molested as a kid. Uh, but how do I stand? I have, I think the story will be complete when I talk to them. And I'm just, I'm putting it off. You know, I don't, I don't. Do you have a desire to, an aversion to? Definitely an aversion. It's aversion not going to be fun. <laughs> it's not a thing I look forward to. But I, I definitely can look at that story, at least rationally, and go, this is a cycle this yeah. is a this is a this is not a an evil entity acting in an otherwise perfect world this is somebody who had difficulties and didn't know how to handle them yeah they, um, they got it worse at that age and so then they yep. passed it on to you yeah so i don't we, know how we talked about like the goal in life is just to create less trauma than you received yeah and if everyone does that we'll We're be in a better the, place moving in the right direction yeah yeah so that's that's that and then the last little thing that i had written here from that book as well that I thought was interesting. Uh, Righteous Mind? Yes, Righteous Mind, is that they do a segment on interviewing the beliefs of conservatism liberals to find out what moral values underpin their stances. Mm -hmm. So, And they find that liberals tend to be very high in the care dimension, mm -hmm. which means that they want— We talked about this. Yes, exactly. And that, and that, just given the background, that conservatives tend to want purity— tradition, authority, as well as care. They're more evenly balanced amongst other values. What was interesting is that they ask, okay, how do you think a conservative would fill this out? How do you think a liberal would fill this out to people who are on opposite side of the spectrum? Huh. What do you think happened? Okay, so what are the options? Help me understand what the... So I'll give you a couple of things. So uh, you, you got it completely wrong. They said that these guys are devils, right? Sure, each, of course. Each side did it. Uh, what is the other option? that they got it exactly right you know that one side got it right and one side got it wrong those are those are sort of the the rough oh that the other side is are idiots that's what i think they filled out okay so what they filled out here's what happened uh generally moderates were able to get conservatives and liberals right conservatives were able to actually accurately identify the beliefs of liberals liberals were not able to accurately identify the beliefs of conservatives oh interesting which underlies, I think, the, the general idiom that uh, liberals think conservatives are heartless and conservatives think liberals are stupid. Yes. And, and it was just, I think, f interesting data that that even even because when the they were trying. Because the conservatives can tell you what a liberal thinks, but they just think the liberal is an idiot for thinking it. They, they think it's inappropriate for whatever reason for them to hold those. But they beliefs. understand that that's what they think. And the liberals. At a higher degree than, yeah think the conservatives are just monsters they they got they thought that they wouldn't care about harm they thought that they didn't care so mm. because conservatives have essentially what this argues is that liberals really care about about harm and in every situation they're trying to reduce harm and and that's that's the driving thrust of it conservatives are balancing that with other things like loyalty like uh authority like tr the traditional stuff comes important as well so they have a balancing act and depending on the situation one might take precedence over the other from a liberal perspective they do not care at all about harm they don't see that it's being it's just there's Factored just a countervailing weight yes so when they give him it as you know will a conservative care if uh, about the harm of a of a small animal like, <laughs> like no <laughs> and this isn't every person obviously but that's an example of the type of thing that they would get wrong mm. and i i think it's interesting and i do think generally speaking that that both sides ascribe malice to the other where differing beliefs would explain sure. so much more <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> easily what's happening that's the louis ck right like on abortion yeah it's either murdering a baby or taking a poop uh, yep isn't yep. that his thing yeah yeah he says listen depending on what you think this is it's either a non-issue or we're ha we're encouraging genocide so yeah, yeah. uh it's, that's gonna inform <laughs> that's gonna have you're gonna have a different reaction to exactly. that exactly 
to laws about that. And it's that, that the idea that your perception of the world could influence two starkly different beliefs, which could be entirely morally consistent within themselves based on a simple perceptual difference sure. is is strange for most people to think sure. but it is the case so that's all that i had written down i don't nice. know if you have anything else yeah man i'm gonna ground us i feel <laughs> like we've been way up in the air yeah so i'm gonna tell i want to talk to you about our buddy okay so and i i want to bring this up because i think a lot of people will identify with it in some regard mm -hmm. so we have a friend and he would very much like to hang out with us more than we seem to want to hang out with him but the way that he goes about trying to hang out is off-putting. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying, hey, what's up? Are you guys around sometime this week to get lunch? He'll give a really short time window of like, hey, let's get food right now. Or he'll be like, hey, let's get food right now. And you have to do it because X, Y, Z. And there'll be, there'll be these weird expectant yeah. commanding things. But at a higher level, I think that the question is, what do you do? If you are someone in that situation who would like to hang out with their friends more or who would like their friends to be more interested. to want to hang out with them more so i'm someone i'm friends with these people and they don't seem to want to spend time with me they would say i'm their friend i would say they're my friend yeah but they don't seem to want to actually spend time with me at least not to the amount that i would like to be included or invited got it what do i do how do i get invited how to become the person that people want to spend time with well, so I think it's how did it get bad in the first place? And I can give you the example from what we're talking about here is that this was actually someone who I, I would have, even with the command in the past, been like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll do it because the interactions were good. And, yeah, yeah. And I went out fun. of my way to hang out with this person. Yes. And what has what happened, and it was over a period of weeks and even months, is that the interactions became not good. Yeah. He was... Well, I think, but I think this is important to touch on. So, mm -hmm. so he would come into interactions just thinking about what he needed to yes. get from them. Yes. To vent, to be listened to, to get advice on his problems, right? He would always go into the interactions with what can, what do I need right now? Yeah. With no thought to, is this enjoyable for these people? Am I cultivating this relationship? And so he took all the good will and just burned it down. Yeah. And so, and this is interesting because what's weird is advice actually can be a, 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 it can, raise, be fun. It can, can be raise all boats because yeah. he's getting what he needs and I feel important. But the way to really ruin taking advice, and I've done this in the past, is to go ask for tons of advice and apply none of it. Yeah. And then come back with the same <laughs> and problem. Then come back with the same problem. And ask for advice again. And ask for more advice. Yep. And that is a really quick way to to create learned helplessness in your friends yep. to the point where they just go, I don't care. I'm just going to lay here and not even respond. And and speaking to, speaking to you seems to be valueless yeah. because it's not fun what we're talking about. It is directed to change the world and then nothing changes. Sure. And it would be fun if you if the next time we talked, you told me about how that yes. advice was going. So that could have been completely, it could, yeah. all could have been avoided just by taking the yeah. advice. That's it interesting. Have been I hadn't a thought of that. My, my take was kind of high level was just that it, if you want people to hang out with you more, make it enjoyable when they're yeah spending time with you yes in some way shape or form yes and so given that a lot of the goodwill had been burned down and now for the gut reaction when i have is an expectation that it's going to be a not fun time yep. just like a negative one you know on a scale of negative 10 to 10 just yeah, mildly, not terrible just worse just slightly worse than not uh then i have an aversion to going and so when you compound that with a command to show up, now I have a double aversion to going. So I would say what you people need to do is to figure out how to take that negative one and make it a positive one at least, or a positive three or a positive four. And so for a time being, it would be, hey man, would love you would love to hang out sometime. Hope you're doing well. You know, would you be down to go on Tuesday or Wednesday to grab some dinner? Now that does a couple of different things other than, hey man, I'm in your area right now. Don't mm -hmm. say you can't make it. <laughs> It says, oh, I feel special because he wants me to come. I have flexibility around the time. Mm -hmm. And it's all in the future. So I don't have to. It's not going to ruin my, my short -term schedule, plans, yeah. my short-term plans. And I would say, yeah, let's Wednesday 630. And I'd be on the calendar and it would it would happen. Yeah. That's the truth. So what can you do to make it interesting? Tell them that you would love to see them. Give them the flexibility of time. Create an event or a thing that they would love to go to. That's what I was going to say. Pick something they, they like to do. Exactly. Invite them to 
go surfing or go to an escape room. The or... restaurant they loved, the escape room. That's if he invited me to an event. For instance, if he we've been playing Borderlands three. If he's like, dudes, I got Borderlands three. Like, sure. then I'll be your. Or if he just picked a restaurant. Yeah, I know there's a restaurant that you like. We don't go to often. If he yeah. just said, hey, let's go there. Even but what he normally says is, let's go to my favorite restaurant. Yes. Yes. Uh, and there, it's very easy, I think, to think of ways to push it back in the other direction, which is kindness in the request flexibility in the request thinking of something they'd like to do in mm -hmm. that it could be some whatever a party ice skating rink whatever it is that, that <laughs> whatever they like and in that then you get there then you need the quality of your time together to push from negative one back into the positive yeah. realm and you do that with all the things we talk about on the channel positive smile if you ask for advice take it sure. apply it let them know that that would within a fairly short time span make it so you could send me an abrupt text yeah. like yo i'm here right now let's go and i'd be like it's worth it funny enough i now that we're talking about it i actually think that the subject of the conversation could stay exactly the same if there was more smiling laughing and enthusiasm yeah if everything topic wise was the same but he was smiling laughing making jokes and being enthusiastic when we were telling him here's what we would do I actually think we would want to spend time with this person. If, he ev if we even just laughed at the fact that he's not doing anything we said <laughs> sure. and it became a running joke where he poked fun at himself and it made me laugh, yeah, I probably would have yeah. a different thing. It's just somber and the advice isn't being taken yeah. and it's, and it's hey, show up right now. And I think that's applicable to everyone, actually. Yes. I, yes. Think, I think in general, one, you th if you want people to want to spend time with you, just try to make them enjoy your time together, mm -hmm. which I think people often get confused by why people don't want to see them and they don't reflect on, I wonder how that person felt the last time we hung out. Mm -hmm. Did I raise their mood? And then the second thing I think is interesting is it doesn't take much no. to do that. It actually does just take some smiling, some enthusiasm, jokes, laughing at their jokes while talking mostly about the thing you want yeah, to talk about. You yeah. want to talk about it. That's interesting. It's not a seismic shift. No, no, you weirdly enough have to get everything wrong for me to not want to hang out with you. Yeah. And you only have to get a few things right for me to want to, especially once we've established that we have, a fr I mean, this was someone that I didn't know two years ago and we hung out once and I liked it and, then we yeah. had, and I liked it and I liked it. And then we kept hanging out and kept making plans. And it's, yeah, you just, it's unfortunate that the goodwill has been burned. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just see, I see this the is comment you, If this is I, I you. I see the comment a lot. I see how the email the comment the whatever of how yeah. do i make more friends and how do i make my friends want to hang out with me more it's actually a really common question we get so that's yeah. why i thought it'd be cool to talk about hopefully that helps and and i guess the one last thing that i would say is if he were to ask this question he would frame it incorrectly he would say mm. uh how do uh my friends are lazy they, they never don't want to do they anything. never want to do anything yeah and so if that's you and you that's how you're framing your question that your friends are lazy you never want to do fun stuff consider that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Consider that it, that it's the way that you've been and then take our advice because I just, he would have seen this question and thought it didn't apply to him. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. So so yeah, if you're not, if you're not spending as much time with your friends as you'd like, mm -hmm. pause and play an experiment. Yeah. What if this isn't their fault? It's my fault. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Podcast number 20. Boom. In the book. Sorry for a short one. Ben has to get on call, but we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.